It's September 7th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the U.S. military announced yesterday that they would build and deploy a new massive fleet of drones, all powered by AI. I'm going to tell you why that could mean a war with China within the next 18 months. Second, your car, it is spying on you, folks. Car companies are using their vehicles to collect and sell all sorts of personal data about you from your race, your health, and even your intimate life. Details on that coming up. Third, some good news on the dirty green energy front. Consumers are buying hybrid vehicles, but not so much those fully electric vehicles. We'll talk about why that is a much better deal for the environment. Later, we close out the podcast with a question about the U.S. southern border. And why Why are all the gates on the border wall suddenly open over the past couple of weeks and months? But first, before we get to that, let's get to our top story of the morning. The U.S. military is launching a new effort to build a vast network of air, land, and sea-based drones, all with an eye on countering threats by communist China. But by launching this effort, the Pentagon may have inadvertently pushed up Beijing's timeline to invade Taiwan to less than 18 months from now. So let's talk about what we know and why this announcement made yesterday by the Pentagon could have profound impacts on all of us. So let's start with this. Kathleen Hicks, she is the U.S. Deputy Secretary of Defense, and she delivered a speech yesterday where she relayed details on a program that is called Replicator. So her speech about Replicator, well, she shared some details that she initially offered last week, but she gave us a little bit more yesterday. And fundamentally, it's a program, this replicator, that is trying to wrestle with this problem. Folks, China is beating the United States on sheer volume of forces. In other words, Beijing has more ships, more missiles, and more people to throw at us than we can possibly throw back at them. So what do we do about that problem, that imbalance of power? Well, we could ramp up our volume of weaponry, too. You know, more ships, more missiles. But... We couldn't do it fast enough, nor at a reasonable cost, at least according to the Pentagon. So to counter and beat Beijing's advantage, the U.S. military has to be what they said, more innovative with what we've got. Perhaps a smaller force or less weaponry, but those people and those weapons, now they need to have a more lethal effect or overall ability. If I could use an analogy here, China might have, say, a thousand men with swords, where we've only got 100 men, but... Our guys have a 50 caliber machine gun, let's say. So that means that despite the number imbalance of men, we hold the technological advantage. But in this case, this replicator program, we're not talking about the advantage of a machine gun. We're talking about the advantage of drones. Thousands and thousands of drones, said the Pentagon yesterday, operating in swarms and operating with artificial intelligence as their brains. And that means... No humans would be required to guide their movements. It would all be autonomous or largely autonomous. And that is the vision laid out last week and again yesterday by the Pentagon, with officials saying that the suite of drones that could be used in this replicator system, well, it would be a full suite of options available on land, air, and sea. For instance, uh, the ones on sea, well, they could float for upwards of six months 
collecting intelligence, providing real-time feedback, and probably armed. Next, those ones in the air, they would be able to operate for weeks, if not months, on end. They would be floating on wind currents using solar power technology, or they might buddy up with an Air Force pilot, flying near them and acting as a, a horde of wingmen taking on adversaries or serving as shields for oncoming missiles. But whatever the, the type of drone, the idea is that by using thousands and thousands of these things, like a, a swarm of bees, the U.S. military would have the chance to respond or attack a Chinese threat in particular to quickly flood the zone, you know, if I could use a sports analogy, to overwhelm an adversary's space, especially the Taiwan Strait. Now, if this all sounds expensive, I should say, well, you might be right, but the Pentagon says not really. They actually just want to use systems that are, quote, small, smart, and cheap, end quote, adding that they don't need any additional money, actually, to develop these AI drones, just the dollars that Congress has already allocated, which, for what it's worth, runs in the hundreds of millions of dollars to the low billions. In other words, they are trying to connect with the money that they already have to the 685 drone programs that the military is already tinkering with. Now, I wish I could give you more specifics on this replicator program, but not surprisingly, there is a lot about this system that is classified. But it is also true that the Pentagon is still figuring out exactly what these swarm systems will all be about. And to that end, the military said yesterday that the service chiefs are building out their list of desired systems, and that should be complete by year's end. But between now and then, we do have one clue of what this might look like. It's called Task Force 59, or TF-59. For folks unaware, that used to be a deeply compartmented, classified system of drones and sensors that have been deployed to the Middle East, and specifically the Persian Gulf, all to monitor and counter the threat posed by Iran. But that classified program, that TF-59, well, that became public back in 2021, give or take. By the way, if you'd like to read more about that TF-59, please do so. I've got some links in the transcripts that'll help guide that exploration. So overall, ladies and gentlemen, those are the facts and data on this very fascinating development. But I'll tell you, there is one more thing that you need to know, and it is of vital importance to every American this morning, whether they know it or not. The Pentagon said yesterday that the goal of the replicator program is to deploy these unmanned systems within the next 18 to 24 months and again, largely focused on the China threat. And that's a big deal. To help us understand why, let me now pivot away from facts and data and towards my analysis and opinion. So I'd like for us to do a thought experiment, right? Let's imagine that we are senior advisors to China's President Xi. Yeah, we are in Beijing this morning. And as we sit there in this cavernous room with all of our fellow communists, we sit back and we remember this. We all want to take back Taiwan. In fact, that has been a goal of ours for decades, since at least 1949. That was when rebel forces fled mainland China to that island during what was the country's civil war. And as President Xi has told us repeatedly, China's military needs to be ready by the year 2027 to take back Taiwan by force if necessary. And folks, to be very clear, President Xi has said that many times and that has, in fact, been noted by both the Pentagon and the CIA. But back to our thought experiment. So let's imagine, once again, we are sitting in that big room. We're talking about foreign affairs, speaking with President Xi. And we get news from America 
that they are going to develop a system of thousands and thousands of AI-powered drones to be used on land, sea, and air. And then we learned that the Pentagon said explicitly that this replicator system is being assembled to be directed at not only us, but they're going to do so in the next 18 months or less. So as we sit at that table in Beijing with President Xi, well, we start to ask ourselves, if we really want Taiwan back, knowing everything that we now know about the Americans, what should we do? And when should we do it? Well, the answer is within the next 18 months, before the Americans can outmatch our massive advantage of people and vessels and missiles. In other words, we have to strike now or very soon, or we will lose the window of opportunity that our grandparents waited for for decades, right, to take back what is rightfully ours from those nasty rebels in Taipei. So folks, that is what Beijing is wrestling with this morning. Or hmm, to be more accurate, I think that they have been wrestling with that for a while now, probably because they've had a, a bunch of spies that are operating inside the Pentagon or White House or CIA, which means that folks over the next 18 months, this could be a very unpredictable and very dangerous time in world history. And the implications are profound for every single American, irrespective of whether anybody has a, a loved one in the military or not. And I'll tell you, that we're going to explore that a little bit more tomorrow about one of the reasons of how this could impact all of us, and it has to do with computer chips, but more on that to come. For now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like for you to put this news of the Pentagon's replicator system and, and China's likely reaction to it, put it on your radars, because I have a sneaking suspicion built on my career that we need to be prepared, not panicked, not wrecked with anxiety, but prepared. Because I think what is clear, at least to me this morning, is that the clock is ticking on this, right? China knows it. The Pentagon knows it. And now you know it too. More to come. With that sobering news, let's take a shot of whiskey. No, just kidding. Let's just go to our first break of the morning. we got to be sober. For subscribers listening at therightreport.substack.com, well, no ads for you. Instead, your podcast gets delivered to you each and every day in your email, along with transcripts to the hyperlinks of all the facts and data that I presented today. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, of course, my goodness, thank you and enjoy the following messages, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it, Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted. And that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about jacemedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, it, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. 
So friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code right, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code right at jasemedical.com. It's been about a month since I introduced you to Wacker Coffee Company, one of the finest small batch coffee roasters in America. Their signature roast is called Red Tape. It is a very nice, smooth roast full of incredible flavor. Wacker also has another one called the Dye Blend. And they've got this great popular decaf option too, if that's your cup of tea or, well, coffee. But here's the bottom line for why I endorse this coffee and this company over all others. They are serious about their product. And you can hear it in the company's motto. We empower coffee beans, they say to be the best versions of themselves. Now, that is a coffee company operated by a United States Marine, by the way, who is serious about their coffee. So, folks, go to wackercoffeeco.com. That is W-A-C-K-E-R. And enter my initials as the promo code BDW, and you're going to get 10% off. And by the way, when you go to the website, make sure that you check out their coffee brewing tips you will see that there is a whole new experience that awaits you. Again, go to wackercoffeeco.com, enter that promo code BDW, and I promise your taste buds are going to love you for it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards domestic news. First up, if you have a new or late model vehicle, odds are it's spying on you, collecting and selling information about your race, your health, even your intimate life, right? That is the finding that was provided by a privacy foundation who published some results yesterday of 25 different car companies, with Nissan being the worst, by the way, but all of them performed poorly on driver privacy. So let's talk about what we know this morning, and it is a part of our ongoing conversation about digital exhaust. We first discussed this back on June 13th, and then again on June 16th, July 11th, and July 12th. I would definitely recommend going back to those episodes if you want to binge listen and get caught up after today's update. So let's get to that. Yesterday, the Mozilla Foundation published a report on 25 car companies looking at whether and how these manufacturers collect the personal data on people who own and drive their cars. So this foundation looked at, well, the big names that you would expect, Nissan, Toyota, Chevy, Audi, Jeep, so forth. Well, Mozilla looked at the things that you would expect that typically collect personal data, like sensors or computer systems in your cars that, well, explore you and your driving habits, especially those gadgets that then send information back to the car companies via the internet. And Mozilla found that, yes, these car companies are collecting information regarding those computer systems and sensors and then reselling it to, say, insurance companies, amongst others. But Mozilla also discovered something else. Many of these car companies also capture personal information when you pair your electronic devices with your cars. In other words, when you connect your phone, your tablets, your cameras, and all the apps associated with those things. And as we all know, there is a profound amount of our personal lives on those phones and tablets and cameras, whether it be from text messages to photos to location data and so forth. Well, unbeknownst to you, car companies in many cases are sucking up that electronic information from those devices, in other words, that digital exhaust, and then they are reselling it to third-party vendors. All right, well, which vendors exactly? Eh, That's not entirely clear. 
but it is certainly beyond simply insurance companies. I want to emphasize something, folks. The information that they collect, it can be anything. Right? The Mozilla Foundation said that they discovered it could include, and in fact does include, things like your race, ethnicity, health diagnoses, sexual activity, sexual orientation, immigration status, religious affinities, and other sensitive personal information, including your driver's license. Okay, well, with these findings in hand, the folks at the Mozilla Foundation reached out to the car companies for a response, and here is what they said. First up is Nissan. They acknowledge that, yes, they collect on all of that information, but that car buyers should know that. It is in their privacy policies that buyers sign when they purchase a car. Next up, Kia. They also said, yes, they collect this stuff as well. But again, buyers already agree to it when they click the, the privacy policies and the terms of conditions when they purchase that Kia. Although I should note that Kia is backtracking a little bit. They issued a follow-on statement that said, quote, whether certain information is collected by us depends on the context in which a consumer interacts with us, end quote. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Corporate gibberish of some sort, but nevertheless. Next up, we have Chrysler and its parent company called Stellantis. And they said in a statement that, quote, multiple claims in this Mozilla Foundation document are inaccurate, end quote although they did not say which claims were or were not accurate. They did, however, say that concerned customers, oh, goodness, you can contact a customer care center if you'd like. And that's certainly nice. Lastly, there is General Motors. They did not deny collecting the information either, but as ever, they said that customers already agreed to it, quote, before any connected vehicle services are activated and before any data are ever collected, the vehicle owner must accept the OnStar terms and conditions and privacy statement. These all detail our data practices and are available online for consumers to review before they even walk into a dealership, end quote. Well, that's helpful. In other words, my friends, tough luck. You should have read through those mountains of legal documents. And so now you can't complain that your car is a spy device accessing your phone and other things, vacuuming up all of the data that those devices have to include text messages and, well, any other items that might be in your photo albums, for example. By the way, the Associated Press contacted the car association that is affiliated with these companies, and the AP asked this association, shouldn't car manufacturers ask for permission first? In other words, ask car buyers to opt in to this kind of surveillance and digital exhaust system rather than just assume that buyers want to take part of it? Well, the association said in response that, uh, well, quote, they had some concerns about letting customers completely opt out of data collection, end quote. Well, perhaps they're going to think about it now because I would imagine a whole bunch of you were probably a little bit upset. So those are the facts and data about your cars that have become, well, surveillance devices. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. So a couple years ago, there was a study done on how long it would take the average person to review the privacy statements and those terms of conditions of popular applications or apps for just your phones. And they found that it would take 17 hours to read, say nothing of actually understanding it. 
Meanwhile, there was another study done that showed that if you were to read all of the legal documents and the terms and conditions for all of the products and services that you buy, that would take you 76 working days, working eight hours a day per year. So the point is this, these car companies know that your digital exhaust is worth billions of dollars, but they don't want you to know that. And they do not want you to stop buying their stuff. And that is why they bury you with documents that would take you days to months to read through, right? Say nothing of trying to understand it all. That is until Mozilla Foundation does that work for you. And then, well, as of this morning, you discover that your car is spying on you to include collecting and selling some very sensitive information about you. And yes, my goodness, even your intimate life. Now, I would ask that you combine this knowledge with the brief that I gave you all the way back on April 11th. To recap that one, Ford Motor Company filed a patent to remotely control your car to recall it back to the dealership if, say, you, you missed a car payment. But as I shared with you back in April, the patent also shows how that same technology could be used by a hacker or the government who decides, oh, I don't know that you didn't get vaccinated and so you shouldn't be allowed to drive. So they repossess your car until you do. So what I'm trying to have you all consider this morning is this. Modern technology comes with all sorts of awesome conveniences, but this stuff is wildly vulnerable, if not flat out dangerous to both our lives and our liberty. And the way to fix that if you agree it is a problem, is to do one of two things. First, you can always buy older products that can't be controlled or manipulated. Or if you do buy this stuff, know that one, it's a surveillance device, and two, it's not really yours. You may have bought it, that's true, but you don't own it, not at the end of the day. Second, if you think this whole system is just unacceptable, you can do this. Reach out to your state representatives and senators they can pass local privacy laws that mandate these companies stop collecting and selling your personal data. I shared with you, in fact, how the state of Massachusetts is trying to do this. They're working on a, a bill or a law that is called the Location Shield Act. And something like that could be adopted in your state too. And here's the great news. These representatives and senators are probably your neighbors. You don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to fix this. And that's great. But in the meantime, the bottom line, my friends, is that I would encourage us to reflect on this. Modern life is full of these wonderful devices and lovely conveniences, but the trade-off might not be worth it, not to our lives or our liberty. And for what it's worth, that is why I am going to go out and find that 1985 Buick LeSabre that we had when I was a kid, big as a boat, but at least we were the captains of that ship. Not some creepy car company or tyrannical government. With that, we come to our final report of the morning. And for this one, we are going to stick with our car theme, but with some modestly better news. So as you all know, electric vehicles, they are not green or clean. We spoke about that back on August 18th. But there is an option that has growing interest by U.S. consumers, and that option is a hybrid vehicle, part gas, part electric. So here's what we know this morning about news on hybrids. Recent reports and data from U.S. auto companies confirm that while most consumers are not interested in those dirty electric vehicles, they are interested in hybrids. In fact, that is why Ford Motor Company has recently announced they are increasing their offerings of the 
Folks, uh, the cars in the hybrid market, Toyota and Stellantis, they are both doing the same. And that is important. And here's why we should care. Toyota's former CEO has said that his company can produce eight hybrid cars for every one that is fully electric. And that is because hybrids require just a fraction of the dirty green minerals needed for the battery systems. And that lower mineral requirement and that smaller battery, well, he said that that would be much more environmentally sustainable. In other words, involving less mining. And he said that would be much better for rural communities because they don't have charging stations. That is especially true in poor countries all around the world. Now, here's what's interesting. Environmental groups absolutely hate hybrids. And that is because they still use gasoline and oil products. But no matter, consumers continue to prefer these hybrids or good old-fashioned gas and diesel-powered cars. So there's your silver lining, folks. Some good news if you are looking for a new or late model car with an extended range and save a little bit on gas. But to be honest with you, I'm still going to buy that old Buick LeSabre. And if I were you, uh, you might want to buy some 8-track tapes along with it. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Hurricane season is upon us with all eyes on Hurricane Lee this morning, which means that the time to prepare is right now. And to be prepared, you should order emergency food kits and supplies from 4Patriots.com. Their long-lasting and tasty food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. And that's because 4Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the United States. They last for upwards of 25 years. They include a wide variety of breakfasts and lunches and dinners, and they are backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. But I should say that 4Patriots, they're ready for you even after hurricane season. You can use 4Patriot survival foods after, say, a temporary power outage or a Chinese invasion or, in a couple of months, a winter blizzard. But I'll tell you, with 4Patriots sitting on your shelf, none of that matters. You are ready for whatever comes your way. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use promo code WRIGHT, that's my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get 10% off your first order. So go to 4Patriots.com. That is the number 4Patriots.com. Use that promo code right W-R-I-G-H-T, and you're going to get that 10% off your first order. Again, that is 4Patriots.com. And go there, ladies and gentlemen, today. Folks, you know that here on The Right Report, we talk about the mix of economic signals in America that suggest that things aren't great. Inflation remains high, interest rates too, and debt levels for both the government and consumers alike, whew, at record highs. So if you add all that up, that is financial risk, ladies and gentlemen, for people like you and me. So if you have been considering ways to diversify your investments and lower those risks, you ought to consider gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts. All it takes to get started, folks, is a short phone call. They will show you how to protect your portfolio with physical gold and silver. American Hartford Gold has a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. And if you give them a call today, folks, they will give you up to $5,000 of free silver purchase dependent. So call them at this number, 866-353-2694. Or easier yet, you can text right. that's my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, to this number, 
65532. Again, text right to 65532 or call toll free at 866 353 2694. Welcome back to the Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It's a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Celia in Northern Virginia, she wrote in, she asked a question about the U.S. border, specifically about a bunch of videos and uh, pictures that she has been seeing showing that, well, the, the, the metal gates on the big old border wall, well, those gates have just been wide open lately. And she's seen pictures and videos of hundreds or thousands of illegal migrants passing through. And so she asked Brian, why does the wall have gates in the first place? And second, why are they open? I don't get it. Celia, good, fair questions. And to understand this, we have to understand two things, weather and animals. Let's talk about weather first. The American Southwest is a little bit different. It has not just four seasons, but five, fall, winter, spring, summer, and monsoon season. Ah, From about mid-July through late September, you get some beautiful desert rains. But when those rains come, you get flash floods oftentimes, and that means a lot of debris. And that debris runs through what are called washes, or usually dry uh, creek beds, and those get blocked by those metal border walls or fences. And that is why, during the Trump era, they built those gates in the walls to open them up and allow debris flow. The question is, how long should we leave those gates open? Because in some cases, well, they're doing it during this monsoon season, but because of the intensity of the water, they're actually welding these gates open, you know, to make sure that the the flow of debris continues to move through. And that might be good for monsoon management, but that is terrible for national security. And if I may, it is terrible if you're trying to stop the the flash flooding of illegal migrants that are coming across the border. Okay, so that is reason number one that these gates are there and open. All has to do with the monsoons. The second reason that they're there and they're open, well, it has to do with wildlife. So about five years ago or so, environmentalists filed, uh, filed a lawsuit that was later settled under the Biden administration to keep some of those gates open for some period of time to allow for the Sonoran pronghorn or antelope to pass through. And that is because this area is used by that animal, and actually a number of animals, including a very rare jaguar. But nevertheless, the cartels and the human traffickers know that we have this gate weakness, whether it be because of monsoons or animals. And that is why they walk right through them, literally. So Celia, that is why those gates are there. And that is why they are open oftentimes. And fundamentally, it is why we will continue to have a massive national security problem until we can find, frankly, another solution. I have a few. I'll save time for today and dive into those during a future episode. Folks, if you'd like me to answer one of your questions on the podcast, it's super easy to do. Either donate via my Stripe account, which you will find a link for in the show notes. Just make sure you you leave your email and I'll be in touch. Otherwise, go to writereport.substack.com, sign up, and at the bottom of each day's Substack post, you can leave a comment or ask me a question. (music) 
And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.